0: podcast, we review atrial fibrillation, or what we'll call AFib now, in medium to large-sized dogs. Are there any other prognostic factors that we can look at when it comes to heart disease? Is the presence of AFib a prognostic indicator in certain dogs with myxomatous mitral valve degeneration, or what we'll call MMVD from now on, and congestive heart failure? Now, don't worry, we haven't forgotten about our smaller dogs with MMVD. If you treat a lot of smaller dogs with heart murmurs, you should read up on the EPIC study, by the way. Your pet owners want their dogs to live longer, and knowing what medications can help with that are important. Atrial fibrillation is more common in medium and large-sized dogs with congestive heart failure secondary to MMVD than in small dogs with congestive heart failure from MMVD. Atrial fibrillation occurs in congestive heart failure from MMVD due to electrical remodeling associated with structural changes within the myocardium. Negative effects of atrial fibrillation include irregular tachycardia, loss of atrial contribution to diastolic cardiac filling, decreased cardiac output, and decreased left atrial pressure, all of which can result in progressive cardiomegaly and decompensation to congestive heart failure the prognosis for combined congestive heart failure and atrial fibrillation in humans is worse than for either condition occurring in isolation. Up to now, there was no reported data on the effect of atrial fibrillation on survival time in medium and large-sized dogs with congestive heart failure. So Jung and all, out of Auburn and University of California, Davis, wanted to investigate the presence of atrial fibrillation as a prognostic indicator in larger dogs, greater than 15 kgs, with MMVD in their publication called Atrial Fibrillation as a Prognostic Indicator in Medium to Large-Sized Dogs with Mixomatous Mitral Valve Degeneration and Congestive Heart Failure. This study aimed to investigate the effects of AFib on survival in medium and large-sized dogs with congestive heart failure, as well as to investigate the prevalence of AFib in this population, and whether pharmacologic heart rate control of AFib affects survival. In a retrospective study from 2005 to 2010, they evaluated 64 dogs greater than 15 kg that met the inclusion criteria that had MMVD and had been treated for congestive heart failure. Of the 64 dogs, 52% had atrial fibrillation. In order to eliminate dogs that had dilated cardiomyopathy, dogs with a fractional shortening or FS, echocardiographic parameter, less than 22% were excluded. In this study, exclusion criteria included all other forms of heart disease not classified as MMVD, dogs with lone atrial fibrillation where there was absence of structural heart disease, concurrent ventricular arrhythmias, and concurrent systemic disease. Medications that were used to control the heart rate in these dogs included diltiazem, regular extended release, digoxin, and or atenolol, alone or in combination with other drugs. Quote, adequate heart rate control, end quote, was defined as a heart rate less than 160 beats per minute on average on examination. The primary endpoint was defined as cardiac-related death or euthanasia what they find in the study? Overall, the median age at the time of diagnosis of congestive heart failure was 11 years with a range of six to 15, with a median body weight of 24 kg. 50 dogs had left-sided congestive heart failure only, while 14 dogs had bilateral congestive heart failure. The most common medications used for treatment of congestive heart failure included furosemide in 64 dogs, enalapril in 59 dogs, and in 32 dogs. Other medications also included hydrochlorothiazide and spironolactone. 21 dogs had atrial fibrillation at the time of diagnosis of congestive heart failure, while 12 dogs developed atrial fibrillation sometime after diagnosis of congestive heart failure. Two statistically significant outcome variables between the atrial fibrillation group versus the non-atrial fibrillation group included differences in the median survival times and body weight. In the atrial fibrillation group, the median survival was shorter at 142 days as compared to 234 days in the non-atrial fibrillation group. As for body weight, the atrial fibrillation group had a median body weight of 28 kg as compared to the non-atrial fibrillation group of 22 kids. What was also notable was the effect of heart rate control treatment on survival time. The median survival time for dogs with poorly controlled heart rates of greater than 160 beats per minute was significantly shorter as compared to dogs that had control of tachycardia. In the 13 dogs that had their heart rate controlled, less than 160 beats per minute, Survival was 171 days as compared to only 61 days in 20 dogs in uncontrolled dogs that had a heart rate of greater than 160. There was no difference in systolic function at baseline between these two groups. The median heart rate prior to antiarrhythmic treatment was 220 beats per minute with a range of 160 to 270. This study also found that heart rate control was better with diltiazem and digoxin combination therapy with a median heart rate of 144 versus the diltiazem alone with a median heart rate of 180. The median survival time for dogs treated with a combination of both diltiazim and digoxin therapy was significantly longer, 130 days versus diltiazem alone, which is only 35 days only three dogs in this study received a tonal law for heart rate control, which was inadequate in all three dogs. So, what do we take away from this Vet Girl podcast? The authors found that the prognosis for medium and large sized dogs with concurrent atrial fibrillation and congestive heart failure from MMVD appears to be worse than for dogs with congestive heart failure from MMVD alone without the presence of AFib. The median survival time of dogs with congestive heart failure from MMVD without atrial fibrillation in the study was 234 days, comparable to prior studies. The findings of a significantly shorter survival time, 142 days, for dogs with AFib plus congestive heart failure from MMVD had not previously been reported in the study population. This data supports the physiologic basis for worsened cardiac function with atrial fibrillation based on the effects of chronic tachycardia. However, the lack of a detectable difference in systolic function between the atrial fibrillation and non atrial fibrillation groups in this study suggests that the worsened prognosis with AFib may specifically be secondary to other factors, such as lack of atrial contribution to filling, etc., associated with the arrhythmia. The determination that dogs with adequate pharmacologic heart rate control had improved survival versus those that did not is an important one, as is the finding that combination diltiazem, digoxin therapy, and atrial fibrillation is superior in both heart rate control and survival as compared to diltiazem therapy alone. The effect on rate control confirms a previous report. The question remains as to whether prognosis could be further improved with even stricter heart rate control, like a heart rate of 140, as well as to whether similar improvements in survival could be achieved with diltiazem monotherapy at higher doses. The median dose in this study was 1 mg per kg Q8 hours, provided a similar degree of heart rate control could be demonstrated. In other words, control that heart rate, folks.